Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hi, Coulter. What's up, Gus? Oh, you know, just a little radio, a little sports talk radio <laughs> here on a pretty boring weekend. Not much going on. It was a great weekend. It was a unbelievable weekend of football, certainly, and uh, affirming in a lot of ways and also very surprising, particularly with the Baltimore Ravens getting dismantled. That was quite surprising. But we'll get in the NFL. The weekend got kicked off with a pretty resounding fashion, though, with Dante Olsen winning the buck. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was cool to see him do it. There, there's a lot of stuff I want to say about the selection process and this awards ceremony, but I don't want that to take away from first acknowledging this kid. So we'll talk about him first, and then I'll give my my criticisms of Dude. everything else about it. But I, I thought it was – there's there's a lot of different ways to measure all of this stuff. I think that the FCS is still really striving to have national relevancy. I don't know what's what it's going to take for it to truly cross the threshold to being – relevant to outside of just the places that have really passionate fan bases like in Montana like in North Dakota I don't really mm-hmm. know what it's going to take but you know the I've monitored this award for for close to 15 years now and there seems to always be some sort of of asterisk or some sort of criticism people have of of the award and I think when you're when you got 152 voters voting on players from across the country and because it doesn't the FCS doesn't have a national coverage model I mean the guys at stats do a great job and the guys at hero sports do a great job but there's only we're only talking about four humans it's not as if I can go catch up on everything that happens in the FBS of course I can go watch college game and I know everything that happened across the country there's not something like that there's not even such a thing as like highlights really right that you can and so that's the yeah. thing is a lot of times you're just you're voting with your heart more than your eyes and I cannot say that I watched all 25 Buck Buchanan finalists p- play football 
live this year. I, I, I cannot say that as one of the voters. And I really think you'd be hard-pressed to find any of the 152 people that vote in this that have. That said, I have watched the Big Sky Conference for quite some time. And we followed FCS football for quite some time. And sometimes the eye test just doesn't lie. And you can talk about the statistics and where they come from and how stats are kept on the defensive side of the ball. There's all sorts of different ways you can poke holes in this. At the end of the day, I, when I watched Dante Olson play at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, he was the best defensive player on the field. Mm. And Oregon has multiple guys, including Trey Dye, who are going to get drafted in the NFL. They're the best offensive line in the country, or one of, at least, the best offensive lines in the country. And Dante Olson was making plays that weren't just like spunky plays for the FCS guy. He was straight laying dudes out. Mm-hmm. He's an unbelievable player. Statistics aside, I, I've never seen someone that can hit with the authority that he can hit with in the hole. There's all sorts. Of, I mean, Cole Anderson was a great hitter. People that watched Tim Houck back in Montana back in the late 80s, they call him the hitter. I mean, hitter Houck. Mm-hmm. And those guys coming downhill at you 15 yards, the way that they can tackle you in the open field and and light you up over the middle, impressive. But in terms of a guy who is standing in his stance less than 10 yards from the ball carrier, but then can still, with the way he can throw his hips and deplete somebody in the hole after shedding a block, I've never seen anybody like Dante Olsen. And it wasn't as if he just did it a handful of times. He did it like four or five times a game. And so I was very happy to see him win. When I was watching this, I was like, man, I've watched Rondell Carter play. I've watched the kid from Nickel State play. They're really good players. They got sacks, which I think, to me, in my opinion, is a more important statistic than Than overall tackles. But I I was, in my heart, I just kept thinking, man, this is going to really suck if Dante Olsen doesn't win this because... It's like when Cooper Cup didn't win the Walter Payton Award his second year. He won it as a junior. He didn't win it as a senior. And all I kept thinking was, like, this dude is going to go be a pro bowler in the NFL. He needs to have all the accolades so people can look back and retrospectively remember how great he was. I'm so glad that Dante Olsen got to cap his career by winning this award. You know, I've used this metaphor before uh, with various guys, but I think it's certainly apropos here. But in boxing, they talk about guys who are heavy-handed, where for whatever reason— when they throw a punch, it it just it just hits harder, you know. And it's it's not even necessarily about speeds or speed or size or technique, or maybe it's a combination of them all. But certain guys just know, you know, how to throw a punch through uh, a target rather than to a target. That's Dante Olson, man. Like mm-hmm. the, the he the whoever he hits, it it's going the direction that he wants it to go, not the other way around. Absolutely, w- just without fail. And and so you're absolutely right. And it's it's remarkable. I mean, he's a he is a big, strong kid. Okay, no question. I mean, he's six three, he's two two forty five, forty forty five. He's a big dude. He plays bigger than that. Like he, the the what you see looks like two sixty happening to a guy rather than two forty, and that's that's the, I, I guess the 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 special part of what he is as a finisher in that way. Not to mention, you know, his side to side, you know, speed, his range, and all of that, and and uh, you know, regardless of scheme, regardless of stats, whatever. Like you said, the eye test, it it delivers the truth, and in this case, it's Dante Olson. Well, we talked about the great linebackers that have played at Montana, just even in the last 10 years, but over the last 20, over the last 30. And, you know, we, we, I did my all-decade team last week, and we talked about that on the radio. And yeah. we talked about the concept of how a lot of guys, their reputations get fortified now that the, the complete story is in the book. 
it's it's finished. The chapter is closed. When you look at Jordan Tripp, now you can look at Jordan Tripp and say this guy was a two-time first-team All-Big Sky guy who got drafted, who then played in the NFL for multiple years, and he started a handful of games in the league. You look at Brock Coyle, you say this guy was you know three-year starter at Montana. He played in a Super Bowl. He started games for both the Seahawks and the 49ers, who both have reputations as some of the great, the best defenses in the league. Yeah. You look at Caleb McSurdy. He was the 2011 Defensive Player of the Year. I think McSurdy, more than any of those other guys, he's got that that irreverence that you want from a linebacker. You know, He's got the mean streak. Jordy and Brock's a very competitive guy, very confident guy, and he plays with a little bit of an edge. It's hard to say that Jordan Tripp doesn't play with an edge because he... He was in the league, but he's a he's a very nice guy. He's very similar in personality to Dante Olson, where they're kind of just affable, really kind humans. McSurdy had that edge, but but it remains to be seen what Dante Olson's career becomes from this point forward. forward. If he tests with the numbers that I have heard that he's put up when they do their spring conditioning tests, he's absolutely going to be a top 150 draft pick, and he could play his way into close, you know, in that fourth, fifth round range. I do think that there's been a trend lately in the FCS. I mean, guys like Cooper Cup and Tremaine Johnson were absolutely no question getting drafted, and they still slip to the third round because people just know that you cannot waste one of your first, you shouldn't say waste, but you don't have to use one of your first two or three picks on guys out of the FCS. You just don't. But I still do think that Dante Olson could be in that fourth, no, fifth no. round range. We'll see how that how that influences the way we think of his career at Montana. But I'll say this. I grew up with Jordan Tripp my whole life. I, I consider him, I mean, he's one of my brother's good friends. He's like a brother to me. I have known Brock since he first came to campus. We used to work a lot landscaping together. I love those guys on a personal level. And that does influence the way you think and remember guys, certainly. But Dante Olson is is the best player that I've seen at Montana. Mm. He's, he's the best player. I mean, in, in terms of his consistent ability to make eye-opening, jaw-dropping plays, the motor he plays with, the instincts that he plays with, his, his pre-snap and post-snap recognition, and the way he runs combined with the explosiveness and the size, he's absolutely the best guy Montana's had at linebacker. And that's saying a great deal because you're talking about a lineage of guys that were first-team All-League, defensive MVPs, and NFL guys. So congratulations to Dante Olson because he absolutely deserved it, and it made me so happy that he did. He was able to cap his career. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 2 tell one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, 
During the ceremony, uh, receiving it, uh, Dante Olson said, quote, football is a team game. This is an incredible individual award, but I couldn't be more thankful for the team I was surrounded with last year. Each and every individual that was around me had a huge impact on me. We had a very successful year as a team, and I couldn't be more thankful to them and the coaching staff that helped me achieve this goal of mine. So there you go. By the way, uh, just for what it's worth, uh, Dante Olson wins the buck. 36 first place votes. The way this works, Coulter, now correct me if I'm wrong, you you, uh, uh, you select, if you're a voter, your top five in order, first place, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, all the way through. And then there's an inverse tally. So if you get a first place vote, it's worth five, second place worth four, and so on. And so uh, he ended up with 36 first place votes, 25 second place votes, and on down the line, totaled up 363 points. Rondell Carter of James Madison had 27 first place votes, so nine less, and finished with 275 total points. So almost 100 points less, 92 points uh, less than uh, Dante Olson. Sully Lake, I believe, is that you say Lake? Lachey? I, I never really L- was clear. L-A-I-C-H-E from Nichols, defensive end there. 21 uh, first place votes for him and uh, 235 uh, uh, total points. But, I mean, ultimately, uh, Dante Olsen won the buck handily, handily. I mean, when Tyrone Holmes won it in t- 2007, he did not even receive the most first place votes. And I think he won by, like, two total points, which is, it was, I think it was... Uh, as close as any voting has been. This is the 25th uh, Buck Buchanan Award that's been given out. Uh, so, by the way, just to to, to kind of put a bow on this from a Montana lineage standpoint, two other guys have won the Buck Buchanan from the University of Montana. As I mentioned, Tyrone Holmes in 2015 and then Croy Bierman in 2007. They have had a decent number of guys who've been finalists for this award. Uh, award. Andy, Andy Pedic and Vince Huntsberger in back-to-back years 2000 and 2001 were both runners-up for the buck in those two respective years trey young was a finalist Corey bierman a finalist the year before he won it in 2006 mm-hmm. tremaine johnson in 2010 and 2011 jordan trip in 2012 and 2013 josh buss in 2017 so there's the kind of list and then dante olsen as well last year was a, a, a finalist for the award which he did not win so uh uh you know again since 2000 you're talking about almost 10 guys certainly 10 or 11 different years with about eight or nine different guys that have been there. Uh, but, uh, but only three winners. I mean, it's a big deal to, to kind of actually get it. You know what I mean? And that's uh, impressive and deserved, like you said. And this gets into then my I don't know, gripe is the wrong word, but I mean, uh, for, first of all, while I'm making this point, I want you to count up how many guys got top three votes and how many guys got first place votes. 26 guys. Uh, are on this list, and I only see two guys who did not receive a single first place vote. By the way, one of them finished twenty first, uh, uh, and and uh, even Solomon Muhammad, who is a linebacker from Alcorn State, he got four fifth place votes and one first place vote, and no second, third, or fourth place votes. So th- this comes. That's down, the thing that you're. This comes down about. to my gripe is that. First of all, since the the rise of the internet over the last ten to twelve years, yeah, the way that it, it used to be that they want lists to be out there to promote the sport, and I think that's great. But a list of twenty guys that are on the Buck Buchanan Award watch list comes out in July, and the only way that somebody can get added to the list is if someone from that specific institution, a media relations guy, a sports information director, really pushes 
and lobbies to get that guy added to the list. Bryce Sturt got added to the list this year, and justifiably so. He should have been, but he right. didn't. He didn't get to be on the list for the whole time. He was only there late. But then there's also like Jonah Williams. It, it became very clear that Jonah Williams was going to be a unanimous first team All League guy, and then he ended up winning Big Sky MVP. Okay, so he gets added to the ballot late. But there's a whole. You can only vote for the guys that are on the ballot, and so if there's a guy that's deserving who's not on the ballot, you can't vote for them. I voted as George Obina as my co-Big Sky. Con- I, don't, I don't have a vote in the all-league stuff. That's only coaches. But in w- the team that I would have selected, I had George Obina sharing the Big Sky MVP with Dante Olson, defensive end from Sac State, not Jonah Williams. George Obina led the conference in sacks. Anybody that watched George Obina could tell you exactly the difference maker he was for Sac State. He's, he's an animal. He's an awesome edge guy. He was the best edge guy I saw this year. That's including Bryce Sturck. He wasn't on the ballot. So I would have probably voted him in my top five, maybe even my top three. But I couldn't because he's not on there. That in itself is annoying. That that process part needs to change. The second part is some of these guys are getting put on this list. They're getting lobbied for by their by their school and their conference it, in the offseason. It's great. Most of the people that vote in this are in the media relations field. Very few are quote-unquote objective sports writers or objective media members. Most of them are internal people. Right. So then you also see every guy got a first-place vote, right? Who gave the first-place vote to the guy who got 26th? Probably the guy who nominated him. Right. I mean, how, how can you have guys that are not even in the top 10 to finish all getting votes as the guy to win it. That's what I'm like saying. That's that's that is crazy. And that's what, and, and, and and that's that's what I'm that's saying. The Homer part of this that you see. And 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 and, uh, and again, I'm not saying that. Like, if you're the sports information director from Alcorn State who had nominated that kid, and you believe he should win it, and you saw every game he played, vote for him. That's fine. I just think that there should be more breadth in who you can vote for, and there should also be more voters that are not related to schools because every time that someone votes for one of those guys that finished 23rd through 25th, it takes away a vote from Dante Olson or it takes away a vote from Rondell Carter. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it in the past where maybe the guy who it's hard to say that if you win this award, you didn't deserve it, but there's been some, some awards where it didn't necessarily go to the guy that I think everybody thought were going to win it. Yeah. So I I just, I, I think that there's just a little bit of a skewed, well, I mean, it's on. on you're right, and, and and again, it is. I, I think the bigger point here is that it's it's a bit of a plight for FCS football in general that doesn't have the ready. I mean, look, man, it's hard enough to think about well, who should win the Heisman. I mean, not hardly anybody is watching quote unquote all the games, even full games of even the top five guys at the FBS level, even right. though you can have access to those games. I mean, how many times have I watched Joe Burrow play football this year? Five? Five? Yeah. yeah, probably five times. Totally. And and great. And like, okay, I mean, this is the narrative that, that you know, Kirk Herbstreet and ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever, delivers to you. And I got no problem with that. They analyze the stuff. They do this. That's great. But, I mean, even that is restricted. I mean, there's 160 teams. 100%. You know? 100%. 100%. But also, it's different because the Heisman voting is done by former winners and people that are on the Heisman That's Trophy. Right. And yeah. so, so if you uh, most people that have a Heisman vote, it's their obligation to go 
and watch and the, the stuff. Yes. I feel like it's our obligation as well as voters. But it, like, how do I watch a Nichols game that's no. not on that when they're not when it's not in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Right. This like I voted in the final FCS poll today, and I felt it was the most comfortable I felt in any poll I put together because I could say with confidence that I watched every single team that I voted for's most recent game because mm. they were all in the playoffs. Yeah. I voted for the twenty four teams that made the playoffs. And just ordered them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so, but I, I. Where did NDSU finish? <laughs> How about this? A 16 and 0 season to extend what is already an FCS record winning streak. Yeah. But these guys not only went wire to wire in the polls, but they started in July by being the unanimous number one overall pick, and they ended by being the unanimous overall number one team in the country. Pretty good. James Madison stole about a dozen votes throughout the year. Mm hmm. But they went wire to wire and bookended it unanimously. Yeah. Unbelievable. Pretty uh, pretty good for a down year. It's Two-Tail Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, let's get into some basketball stuff. It's game night in the state of Montana. Montana Grizzlies hosting Portland State. This after Portland State played Montana State in, a, in an outstanding, epic basketball game. So we'll get into some hoops right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Tonight, if you're going to the game in Missoula, enjoy yourself. Because Holland Woods, he is he is a fun. He's worth the price of admission to go watch Holland Wood play. Not to mention the now conference leading 4-1 Montana Grizzlies. Yeah, absolutely. And not as if... Not as if Boo Boo Woods is listening to this show, but if he by chance is, since they, I guess they are in Missoula, so maybe they do have an audience screen radio. I don't know. But I have been sort of grumbling about the lack of premier talent in right. the league this year. But the one guy that I got to apologize to is Holland Woods, because we have listed frequently the Harold Frays and Jarek Hardings and Saeed Pridgets of the world, but I have not listed Holland Woods. And... I mean, let's say it exactly how it is. Portland State has been one of the better teams in the league the last couple of years, and it's been because of Holland Woods. I mean, and, Port- and, and Portland they've been sw- the team to beat Montana. I mean, Portland State right? swept the Grizz last year. They're the only team that swept the Grizz last year. The Grizz lost four conference games at Eastern Washington, the Monday night at home to Northern Colorado after the CAC game, and then they lost twice to Portland State. And Portland State, I mean, they finished fourth in the league last year. Yeah, and they have th- their best and most important player back and he's no longer an underclassman. And Holland Woods was the freshman of the year in the league two years ago. He's a second team all league guy on an absolutely stacked I mean there was there was six guards last year in the league that were worthy of first team all league 
honors. And he he was one of the guys that pulled second team, him and Harold Frey. But Holland Woods is an outstanding player. And so when I say that there's not a lot of premier players, that's one guy I really, really overlooked, and I apologize for that. But Portland State has a lot of talent as well. But I, I do have one beef with this game. Okay. I know that when you're talking about the, the matrix that they put together in terms of figuring out who's going to play what, who has to play the four games in eight days this week, who has yeah. to play the Saturday-Monday swing, who's got to play the, the Thursday-Monday, who gets the Saturday to Saturday, you're never going to make anybody happy when you have a 12-team league. It's just not going to happen. And I get that it's all a formula, and at the end of the day, someone's going to have to play games at odd times or atypical times. I get that. The one thing as administrators of college athletics that you should be cognizant of is when there's huge events, they're going to kill attendance. And I'm not saying that Montana should get any sort of favoritism. The Grizz draw better than anybody in the league. So to say we're going to let the Grizz not have a Monday game the night of the national championship, I get that you don't want to go out of your way to give one team an advantage. It just should be a thing that's talked about at the league meetings where you say, okay, of all the thing, of all the Saturday Mondays that we might put on the docket, let's not have a Saturday Monday where anybody, Montana or Portland State or anyone else, has to play on Monday night when there's a national championship game. Montana's still going to draw a couple thousand people. But what if this game was in Northern Arizona or Southern Utah? You'd have like 400 people there. It's just, it's, it's, they're not paying attention to the right things. If you want to build the brand, you have to do better. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. I completely agree with you on this. Again, it sounds like I'm coming at this from a Montana perspective. Montana shouldn't have to play on Monday night. No, that's not what I'm saying. No one should have to play on Monday night of the national championship game. Yep. There's there's 12 other Mondays that right. could possibly be just just when you're putting your thing in the in the matrix of the Excel sheet that you're going to then have all your potential outcomes, just X off this date for everybody. You know, it, it's interesting because what did we talk with I think it was Ron Lockery that we were speaking with at the time, Coulter, who was the senior executive in the Big Sky Conference, and particularly when it came to making this new schedule that's now two years old, uh, where it was going to be a true round robin, which, look, man, not having, not, this is the right thing to have. You need to have in your conference a home and home with every team in the conference. It's just the way it's got to be. And so totally. they've, they have managed to do that, and that's great. To decide to do it in this way came by. I think they had like seventy plus iterations of schedules. I think of, the first. I think when it was first coming around, it was more like ninety, maybe nine. Yeah, like something crazy. Just so so many different things that they tried to like figure out and tweak. Because while the playing is symmetric, the schedule is not, uh, and so it's it's hard to fit it all in in the time space that you have. So I understand that, and to then all of a sudden go, you know, on a on a more uh, uh, a fine grain sort of assessment of it to start talking about things that don't even quote pertain to you and what you're doing. It's like, all right, but man, like nobody, you don't schedule a bake sale on Super Bowl Sunday, right? Like, everybody just knows. Well, no, like you don't, you no, and you to, don't do that because no one's going to the thing. And to me, it it just it's just a complete lack of of thought and engagement because not only it's not just about the attendance. Not only is the national championship football game tonight going to make the Montana men's basketball game have less people attending. That's one factor, but the other factor is 
first of all, you're, these are these are college athletes. You're about to see the best of the best in college football tonight, between with LSU and Clemson taking the field. Right. Everybody involved, whether you are involved in a football program or otherwise, should want to watch this game so that you can see how the best of the best do it and try to bring it into your realm of operation, especially when you're talking about the Big Sky Conference. You should want your student-athletes to watch the best of the best. You should want your administrators and coaches to see how things go about. I mean, I, I get that it's basketball season, but watching the game tonight, you could certainly learn something from Ed Orgeron or Dabo Sweeney. Right. From, from any perspective, you, you should just want to see how they operate. And I just think that if, if, if you want to continue to collectively grow the game and you want, especially when you're talking about a mid-major league like the Big Sky, that's a mid-major in basketball and an FCS in football, you need to look at the people that are doing it at the largest level and you need to take from that. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that, that it would be beneficial to everybody, not only from an attendance perspective, but also just from an observation perspective to not have a game tonight so that everybody all eyes can be on the best of the best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's two Shell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Colter, let's go to the court. Let's start with Montana State and Portland State because they played this game uh, on Saturday. The uh, the Cats and the Vikings did. And Portland State won an absolute barn burner. Uh, this game was in Bozeman, is that right? Yeah. At, it was uh, in Bozeman, yep, Saturday. At, at, uh, Saturday at Montana evening. State. 77-76 the final. Holland Woods, 30 points, including the game winner overshadowing an unbelievable performance again by Harold Frey, who had 26 points and what was the presumptive uh, possible game winner with 12 seconds to go. So this thing went back and forth, and Portland State ends up uh, getting the victory. Montana State, man, this is crazy. So they, they, they have, they're they 3-3 three and three in the Big Sky Conference. They've won one game uh, by two points. They've won another game by three points, and then they, they had an, an, a big win. They've also lost one game by Six points, or five, six points, I guess. And then this game last night by one point. I mean, they have been playing some really close basketball games and split those uh, as far as it goes. But Portland State, here's, an, here's the oddity of the Big Sky Conference for you. They opened with Northern Colorado. One against UNC, 69-65. Then went on the road and lost by two to a good Southern Utah team, but then went on the road and lost by 11 to Idaho, who... Look for all the world like they might not even be, you know, they might be 12 out of 12 in the Big Sky Conference. Now, they're better than that, it looks like at this point, but they. Yeah, they got this random seven footer who no one knew, no, right. no one knew they had him, or no one, I guess no one saw him coming. Then they go to Eastern and lose by two, but then they go to Montana State and win by one. So they've played a, a slew of close games, but they've beat a couple of good teams in Montana State and and uh, and Northern Colorado, and then had a couple of games where they're like, well, what you know, what's going on here? So Portland State, look, man, this is the this is the Big Sky Conference. There is, I don't know if I've seen a year, and I expect this trend to continue, in which the the there's less to take from how teams do against each other. This is going to be a straight-up night-in, night-out, what's-the-matchup-today type of league because you could try and read into it what you will. Oh, they beat this team. Oh, they lost to that team. There's nothing to know. There's nothing to know. You can beat anybody and lose to anybody, and it's going to have next to no influence whatsoever on what happens tonight in whatever game it is that you got in this conference. And tonight, that game turns out to be Montana versus Portland State. Now, the Grizzlies, they're riding high. They're coming off a 27-point beatdown of the team that was supposed to be the best or the other best team in the Big Sky Conference. 
Travis DeCure talked a little bit about why he thought that was. I'm very interested to see. Travis makes a lot out of coming off a loss, we have their attention. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time he's talked about that. But Mm -hmm. he said, you know, after the loss to Northern Colorado, we knew we had the kids' engagement because they lost a basketball game. Right. I'm interested to see after not just a win, but a whooping on another team that's expected to be a contending team, a call it a three-point road victory, according to Travis DeCure's matrix for counting them up. How much attention do you have and do you pay to Portland State? Because I think those are the games, you know, getting a big win after a loss is great, but can you back it up? Can you prove it against a, a good Portland State team, but that's got a premier player on it? I'm interested to see, too, if Portland State is still playing the same haphazard 40 minutes of hell, pressing up and down style. The numbers to me that they're putting up are not indicative of that. They've scored in the 80s a couple times, but most of their games have been in the 70s, and they haven't been forcing as many turnovers. But then I also look at their roster, and besides Hall and Woods and then Alonzo Walker, who's the most random grad transfer in the league, he went from Idaho State to Portland State. I've never seen a grad transfer in the league who's eligible right away. But Alonzo Walker did it. Alonzo Walker was a very good player last year at Idaho State. He's, he's long. He's just what Barrett Peary wants as far as the head of the snake, the guy who is guarding the inbounder. But I'm interested to see if they're still playing that same style or not. But I also think that Portland State's going to be uh, an interesting team this year because they have such a gigantic factor of the unknown. I don't recognize a single other player on their roster. Right. They, they did graduate a couple guys. They also did have the unfortunate loss, Dante Strickland, that who was their back their other combo guard mm-hmm. he got shot and killed in the offseason yeah. which was a horrible tragedy which is the third Portland State athlete to die in the last couple of years which in itself is just is horrible it's so sad for the entire athletic department but the reason that Portland State has given Montana problems the last couple of years is i don't know would you agree with this Generally, in college basketball, especially conference games, the team who dictates the style is the team that has the advantage. No question. And Portland State has gotten Montana. Montana enforces their style and makes other teams play their style, Mm -hmm. except against Portland State. And we've seen some games where, like two years ago at Portland State, where the Grizz got all sorts of sped up, and they wanted to play up and down with with, with Portland State, and... Travis DeCure just put the ball in Michael Ogine's hands and said, get out the way. And the Grizz escaped with a three-point win behind 39 points from Ogine, but it was certainly not a typical Grizz game. But then last year in yeah. Missoula, they got into a slugfest, and Portland State still was able to outlast them. And then in Portland, Portland State dictated the pace of the game again and beat Montana again. The notion that if you have one of the best players on the court – that you have a chance in basketball is more true for Portland State than anybody mm. else in the league. Harold Frey can go off, certainly. Syed Pridgett can go off, certainly. But because Holland Woods is the dude with the ball in his hands, and he is he's one of the best point guards in terms of being able to score the rock and facilitate, he's not just a pure passer, he's not just a pure scorer. He does both. He had 30 points in, on Saturday in Bozeman. He also had six assists. He's been the league leader in assists the last two years while still averaging 17-plus points per game. He's averaging 21 a game in conference play right now while still being a 5-plus assist guy. There's no one else in the league like that. Yeah. And the thing about Holland Woods is 
He's got that gamer mentality. When it's a big game, especially when he sees Montana on the front of the jersey, yeah. you can almost guarantee you he's going to play his best. You know, the other thing too, Coulter, Barrett Perry is a guy that probably not a lot of people around here know a ton about. Look, I don't know a ton about Barrett Perry. He's in his third year as the Portland State head coach. But I remember when we were in uh, Nevada, Reno, and Portland State, I think they I think they won a game that they barely weren't expe- expected to win and then had a really good second-round game that they eventually they lost. But we talked with Braxton Tucker, who was a senior on that team, mm-hmm. and it was Barrett Peary's first year. And we also talked to Brandon Hollins. Brandon Brand- Hollins, yep. Brandon, Brandon Hollins was the former kind of head of the snake guy yep. that was guarding the inbounds pass. And those, you know... W- when when you have a change at the head coach spot, which of course the players have no control over, right? Uh, and especially when it's your senior season, you know, and you got you're riding out with this one, it's it's kind of tough. And sometimes coaches, you know, they're going to come in and do what they can in that first year, but they often are trying to, you know, adjust whether it's the culture, or the way a team plays, or whatever it might be. But man, the, you 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 got the sense that these kids just loved Barrett Peary and just one season with him and a, and a season that had its ups and downs, frankly, for Portland State uh, in that 2016-17 year, or 17-18, excuse me. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, I can tell you like X's and O's wise or scheme wise, like who the best coaches are or whatever in the Big Sky Conference. But in terms of, I think, player buy-in and what he's trying to accomplish there, I think Barrett Peary's really good. He's really good about that stuff. And generally, he's got kids that want to play for him, that go out and 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 give energy on the floor. And I think that that's something that I'll be looking forward to tonight is seeing, you know, like you said, like has been said before, I mean, anytime you're playing Montana, especially in Missoula, usually teams get up for that game. Uh, and yet, you know, this is a team that seems to get up for for a lot of games. So who who knows what happens? But I think it's going to be a, a fun game tonight, a high energy game tonight. And I think I'm I'm very interested to see coming off a huge win, even more than coming off a loss, how Montana plays tonight. You know, against a, a good team with a premier player. Barrett Perry's a players' coach for sure, but he also they have a defined system that he has the ability to recruit to and. So he can get those high-energy guys. The other guy worth watching is Matt Hauser. He's averaging about 15 points per game, but he's a grad transfer from Santa Clara. He started 57 games at Santa Clara and averaged at nearly 10 points per game at Santa Clara. So he, he he's a guy that was productive at a high level mm-hmm. in a good league, a comparable league to the Big Sky Conference, to be sure. But Peary, you know, Peary comes from the Bill Evans coaching tree. Peary played for Bill Evans at Southern Utah. Bill Evans for people in Missoula that are listening, former University of Montana assistant, and then coached Idaho State, coached Southern Utah forever before they were in the Big Sky, and then coached Idaho State the last eight years. But Bill Evans is is he's a no nonsense type of guy, but also a guy that brings you in and, and puts his arm around you at the end of the day. And I know his players revered him a great deal too. And Peary is very along those same lines. But I I. Travis DeKear's quote after the Eastern Washington game I thought was so telling to what the attitude and identity is and what Montana wants their attitude and identity to be. He said, we need people in the league to be nervous when they play us. Right. Anybody that's been around Travis DeKear, he has an, an unbelievable presence. Yes. He is, he's an intimidating person. He, he Just because of the way he is so steadfast in his vision, the... the no-nonsense demeanor that he has, the gruff sort of way of being that he has. And I think that a lot of teams in the big sky, their coaches are scared of Travis DeCure, and teams are scared of Montana. That's the thing that I think that gives Portland State an intangible 
that most of the other teams in the league have. Mm. Barrett Peary's not scared of anybody, and neither is Holland Woods. And I'm not saying that these guys are like shaking in their boots before sure. they play, but Montana has a certain intimidation when you walk into the building. Montana yes. has a, Montana has a couple po- a couple basket advantage over yes. Northern Arizona every time out. Right, but why, there's only there's only a couple coaches that aren't, and the style is reflective. I mean, why does Sac State? play so well against Montana because Brian Katz is a veteran coach. He's not scared of Coach Takir. Right. And it's it's a real factor. But Barrett Peary is in that same vein. And it will be a very entertaining basketball game tonight at Dalbert Arena. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security at blackfoot communications they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of montana they do they're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, Montana State. A little plug yes. concerning Montana State men's basketball and also just concerning our covers going forward. I know we've been talking a lot of hoops lately, but we haven't had uh, maybe necessarily the prevalence of the interviews that we have had in the past. And I think that there's a couple reasons for that. But first of all, football season lasted in Montana a lot longer than it has in the last couple of years since we've been doing this show together. Okay. And we've been covering it, uh, FCS football and just football in general at a lot higher level ever since we added David to the team. So appreciate David for being back there and kind of guiding us and helping us uh, steer the ship correctly since we seem to sometimes meander and wreck it. What? <laughs> Boy, but, I don't buy but, any of that. But what I'm saying is we we uh, we, we got some something set up now with Coach uh, Dave Sprinkle that where we're going to talk to him once a week for uh, just kind of a recap of the weekend and a preview of the week to come. Yep. And we'll also be going and seeing Travis Takir and his players uh, each and every week too. So anybody that's missing those interviews from the coaches, uh, we, w- they shall return. We'll have once a week from each side, and, and it'll be a lot of fun. And also, uh, one of the other things too, we, we have been actually doing more basketball interviews than we've ever done before. No doubt. Uh, it just turns out that it's uh, in the form of a podcast series, which we're releasing the day after tomorrow, the first of a 10-part series with another 10 sort of subparts to it, which I'm very excited about. Grizz Great's The Coaching Tree Podcast. Uh, we have interviewed uh, all nine living men's uh, f- basketball coaches from the University of Montana, as well as Robin Selving, uh, for a series of podcasts that we're releasing. We start with uh, uh, this Wednesday with Jim Brandenburg. We're going to go in chronological order in terms of when they coached at the University of Montana. So we'll start with uh, Coach Brandenburg. And then later on Friday, a couple of players, guys who played for Coach Brandenburg, as, as well as Judd Heathcote, as well as Mike Montgomery. There's always going to be a little overlap, uh, guys playing for multiple coaches and so forth and so on. But really excited uh, about this podcast series. Uh, and it's available thanks 
to to Blackfoot Communications. Really appreciate them being a part of this. But we're excited about this podcast series. We will release it on Wednesday, and we're going to spend some time on Wednesday previewing uh, Jim Brandenburg's episode and talking about what and who he was as a as a as an assistant coach and then as the head coach uh, and where he went on from there. But uh, this is this is a great thing. I mean the the extent to which Montana coaches have been uh, hugely successful in the profession of basketball coaching, both college and professional, really remarkable. So we're excited about this series to uh, to bring to you on Wednesday. Coulter, Montana State, as we mentioned, they lose by one point, a tough loss to Portland State. Now they have a week off to take on Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington, I don't know what their schedule looks like this week, but they're certainly licking their wounds after the Montana game. You expect them to bounce back and play with, uh, with a heightened level of excitement and urgency and and uh, all of those things, energy. Uh, but they go to Montana State. The Bobcats, this sets up, in one sense it sets up well, in one sense it doesn't. I'd like to know your thoughts on this just briefly, 30 seconds. The loss to Portland State really hurts because you could have had a win and then a week off to get ready for you know a really good opponent. But the loss is what it is. To have a week off before you get ready for Eastern Washington, if you win, it's great because then you paid the week off with a W against a good team. But if you lose, now it's back-to-back losses at home. That That's tough with that week that I won't say it's wasted. I mean, you're getting better during that time, but it didn't pay off the way you wanted it to. How much pressure is there in this week for Montana State come a week from last Saturday? So they'll play next this Saturday at home against the Eagles. I still think Montana State's feeling their way out where they fit into the league picture, but I think that when you have one of the best players in the league and he's a senior like Montana State does in Harold Frey, the sense of urgency has to be high. And so I, I really do think that a win over Eastern Washington could certainly solidify a lot of things for Montana State. I also think that although Eastern Washington has a lot of hype around them, I thought Travis DeKear's comments after the Eastern Washington game, he basically said, these guys played some teams at home that they didn't blow out like they maybe thought they should, and we thought that they were vulnerable. And I just wonder if people around the league think that too. We saw the last two years how hard it is to be the favorite and get everybody's best shot. And it takes a special group to be able to endure that for not just one, but two seasons like Montana did. Mm-hmm. But now that's the shoes the Eastern is is filled. And you just wonder how they're going to react. And I, I just think that Harold Frey gives Montana State a chance every time out. Correct. You just wonder, <laughs> it's funny to say this, but you just wonder when he's going to turn the corner shooting the ball. He's shooting the ball. He's only shooting 35% from beyond the arc. He's only mm-hmm. shooting 33% in league play. As we know, like we saw in the opener against Utah State, Hilt Frey could write his shooting percentage in the span of one game because he can go hit seven or eight in a row yeah. from beyond the arc. He hasn't had one of those crazy heat check games in league yet. He's had multiple 20-plus point games. His last two, he's had 22 or more. But he hasn't had that game where he goes and hits four, five, six threes in a row. If and when that happens, look out if you're the rest of the league. Maybe a week off can help spark that sort of resurgence for Harold Frey and the Bobcats. No doubt. Uh, so the Grizzlies tonight against Portland State at home. By the way, the Lady Grizz on the road at Portland State tonight as well. And then uh, Montana State not in action again until Saturday uh, against Eastern Washington. Take a break. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.